You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to teach about the research. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the day that won't be Tag is in, tag is out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM and all those wonderful places around the internet and around the world. As Dara's pointed out to me, we have a fair few international listeners, so thank you very much for your support. I am Keen, and with me we have two of our friends this week. Say your names in alphabetical order and try not to mess it up. To my international listeners, I am so very sorry for everything I've done. To my international listeners, they have once again not managed to say their names in alphabetical order. <laughs> no, it's K. It's KM. We have done this. We're doing. We're doing K and M. Yeah. K and M. Yeah. Been K and M. Yeah, we're we're K and M supplies. We're at Alpha Supply Store. All right, yeah. K and M, go on. Okay. I will turn this show around <laughs> right now. Introduce yourself, Kev. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. We about, had this new system in place for this reason. It's not a new system. It's the same system <laughs> you've been getting wrong for five years. I forgot to say my name in the apology. It's Kevin Mannequin Blue. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Follow them on Instagram. I'm sure you won't get lost. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, every week. Oh my god, Dara isn't even here. You've no excuse. Mannequin Blue, we haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? I am hanging in there. Uh I'm alive, barely, but you know, we're getting there. Yeah, you're sort of the living embodiment of that TikTok thing that was doing the round. I'm alive, I'm dead, I'm alive again. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I yes. I need to send you things. You need to come back to the world. You're falling <laughs> behind on culture. I'm kind of like, you know that picture of Rambo where he's like all haggard, but he has his two thumbs up? <laughs> like that that's he, me as a you person. You are literally a canary in a coal mine. <laughs> I am a canary in a coal mine. What a balloon canary. have been submerged for three weeks. I have just been resurfaced and are scared of the sun. Yeah, I work on an oil rig. But is it like a reverse canary? Like if 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 Katie wakes up, we should be worried. No, if Katie no, if Katie if Katie works on an oil rig, she's gonna she's gonna be sent to space to stop an asteroid. That's oh, I like that. But with balloons, I'm I'm already exhausted. 
<laughs> from the mental gymnastics I have to do that, now. That was mannequin blue. Thank you very much. <laughs> Katie, Katie, the cheat sheet. The cheat sheet. It was an Armageddon reference. Oh, I've been away for a few weeks. No, I'll come back and drop in. <laughs> Brain leaks out of ears. Yeah. <laughs> Put my hands in my pockets. Spaghetti. <laughs> now you've lost me. It was an Eminem reference. What? Not the, not, not the sweet mom spaghetti. Sweet yeah, the, it became a meme where when people were like trying to do stuff, but they were really nervous, just like spaghetti starts falling out of their pockets. Okay, you know what? Even though you didn't get my reference, at least it isn't a decade old. Like both of your references so far. <laughs> Two decades for Kev. How dare you? And it is so funny that I think you're the oldest of the three of us. <laughs> yes. Spiritually and physically. Mm-hmm. But we will go to Kev then, who is young and bright as a summer breeze and all that jazz. And you've seen movies that are recent and current. Yes. Uh, the wonder, it's it's wonderful the things you can do when you have time off. Um, oh. Unlike now, when I'm back to work and it's awful. Uh, but when I had time off, I went out. I saw movies. And what movies uh, did you see? Oh, geez. I went to see a handful of things. Um, I went to see Saltburn, and we definitely can't talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, it's on Prime. And all I know is that Murder of a Dance Floor is in it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's beautiful. It's wonderful. I cannot recommend it. <laughs> what? Uh, not like content-wise or like Yeah, yeah not, not on this show. Not, not while we're on a five. Well, I'll tell you what, without saying what's but, in it, would you recommend it to someone like to think they would enjoy it? Uh, I need to know the person very well. From from what I've heard of it, no, I haven't seen it, but from what I've heard of it, you don't enjoy it. It just happens. Right. Uh, but speaking of Ruby, I would recommend it. Uh, I had the absolute joy of getting to see the latest Hayao Miyazaki movie. Uh, on its release. Uh, well, it's released here, which took way longer than it feasibly should have. It's been out in Japan for like over a year. Uh, I finally got to see The Boy and the Heron, which, yes. first off, it was absolutely just surreal to sit in a cinema on a movie's launch day and see the words, a film written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. And why and is that? Well, it, it was surreal to see that and not know what was coming next. Because I, I, I've i gotten to see one or two of his movies in cinema. I've gotten, like, I've watched all of his catalogue at home several times. Mm. So I'm well familiar with those words and what follows them. So there was, just, there was, there was joy in not knowing, in, especially because I, I kind of followed, I suppose what was kind of guided uh, before the movie's release, in that I didn't watch any promotional material. I followed very little of like any advertising they knew. I think the only they released. I think any the only thing I did see was when they announced the dub cast, right? Uh, which obviously was had its own interest. Which I didn't get to see the dub. We'd we'd initially planned on seeing the dub, but at the last minute, the lighthouse seemed to switch screens. So the screen I went to that was listed in my email became a sub-screening. 
Uh, Are you sure you just didn't just go to the wrong room? No, I checked my email. I was in the right screen. They changed it. Okay. Um, so I will have to watch it to hear Robert Pattinson play a weird little guy. Uh, but, point of hand, uh, it is, yeah, this is the, the, the new Hayao Miyazaki movie, The Boy and the Heron. The basic premise is that after a sincerely tra- it, it's set in kind of a nebulous kind of mid-war whether it's world war one or world war two japan well that's uh, kind of doesn't separate it from a lot of other ghibli's so far no uh oh yeah oh uh, all of the all the miyazaki hallmarks are in here don't you worry <laughs> you want you want you want interesting flying machines? You got it. You want anti-war propaganda? Oh boy, you got it. You want you you want the cutest creatures alive that are actually butchers? You've got it. This is just that song from the Polar Express now. <laughs> Hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boy, you got Vaguely it. Vaguely World War Two. Oh, we got it. Flying got blades. It. Oh, we got it. Weird Batman actors. Oh, we got it. <laughs> They're up to at least three. I'm and sure they had feed. Val Kilmer at some point. Um, but any case, basic premise: uh, young boy, tragic events cause him and his father to have to move to a um very large private estate out in the uh, out kind of in the countryside of of a, of a, of a certain Japanese sector. And right. they're finding out that after being hounded by a mysterious and creepy heron that also turns into a weird man, um, the boy finds out that there is, through a, a, a tower that has been sitting at this premises for centuries that there is a mystical magical other world uh, that is demanding his, this this boy's presence right. and so adve- adventure ensues and I don't want to give away the whole plot uh, okay but I will say the movie where you can watch a lot of things like you know like Hell's Movie Castle like Spirited Away by the end of it, it is clear what the me- what message of the movie was trying to get across. The Boy and the Heron is a lot more esoteric in its messaging. Um, it kind of like it it introduces a lot of pretty grand ideas in destiny and following that destiny and the right and wrong way and the 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 the, the moralistic right and wrongs of choosing your own fate right by the end of it 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 really leaves more than any other Miyazaki movie it's left me open the air thinking about well oh well what was what was this movie actually trying to say to me Uh, so like is the plot itself kind of vague and abstract or is it just the subtext like just the subtext the plot's pretty the plot's pretty clear on on you know what the what 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 the boy is kind of being met? I cannot remember his name by the way. It's been like three weeks, and I have not. I, I've watched about five in the last week, and I'd say at least four of the protagonists were called Sasuke. <laughs> Are you sure you just haven't been binge watching Naruto? 
Is there one in Naruto as well? Naruto no, is Ponyo. No, if we play a game in our house where I want to try a new Ghibli I haven't seen before, and we give it 10 minutes, and then my daughter goes, why isn't this Ponyo? And we watch Ponyo again. It's <laughs> fine, because Ponyo's great, but you know. But why isn't it Ponyo? <laughs> I mean, really, we should ask that of all media. <laughs> yeah, but why Ponyo should be Ponyo? louder, angrier, and have access to a time machine. <laughs> I'm sorry, but all shit, all that little fish wanted was ham. Yes, could have just and, given and, her ham. Whole movie could have been avoided. And now my children eat sliced ham raw, like animals, because of her. Amazing. <laughs> That's what you call. Thank it, you, boy. Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Io. I'm sorry if I didn't mean to distract you there, but uh, but I'm actually, I'm curious now because, like you, I've been avoiding kind of finding out anything about this film. Is this because you know you say a Ghibli film, and we kind of know the shape of it, but like there's Ghibli's like your Totoro's, which are kind of kid centric, and there's your Ghibli's like The Wind Rises, which are still family friendly but kind of more introspective and mature. Where where, where on the scale does this kind of fall? I, like, I I'd say closer on the scale to The Wind Rises, but not quite the 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 kind of adult character introspection into into war fundamentals that one is right uh, but that's, i mean that's kind of the, the like the broad range of miyazaki's work like you've got a you've got a handful that are you know family friendly adventures with some action and some spooks in your you know spirited away and mm. now Sika and castle in the sky but then it does it does broaden out to every other aspect of that range of family friendly to adult drama uh like because you know you have your my neighbor totoro which is probably one of his more esoteric movies while still being very simplistic and kiki's delivery service which is that just a very simple story about a young girl just going out into the world and uh finding a way um but then as you said he, he will come out then with a wind rises which is the introspection of a man wondering if it is right to do what he loves even though it contributes to uh death and destruction mm. um so i i'd say it, it, it errs closer to that kind of adult character drama but is still wondrous and fantastical enough to to kind of like land it somewhere in the middle closer to uh a, a, a howl's moving castle we'll call right. it right um, i'm assuming by the way because you haven't actually said it you enjoyed the film Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the man, the man is 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 several to naught. He's like the the man has not made a bad. <laughs> Out of curiosity, are there any Ghiblis you're cool on? Uh well, no. Ghiblis are admit, just saying a Ghibli movie broadens that out quite a bit. A Hayao Miyazaki movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hayao Miyazaki movie, no, no. They're all, every single right. one is a Stone Cold classic. Opening it up to the other creators in the studio, there's a few flubs. Okay. Uh, I, I watched Tales from Earthsea. It's not great. <laughs> I have that one on DVD. It's fine. It just kind of feels like the pilot for a TV show that isn't getting made. Yeah, no, it's, it, and especially considering like the, the, the quality, even aside from Miyazaki, the quality in that studio just 
is too high for even mm. that to kind of be passable. Yeah, uh, which I'd like it. Uh, we we talk about Miyazaki, uh, Isao, Tika, uh, Is- Isao Takahata's works are also incredible. Mm. Uh, he directed the 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 Tale of Princess Kaguya and Grave of the Fireflies, um, among a bunch of. Oh others my that god! I don't even bring that up. No, like that's it's it's a it is a hard movie to watch, but there is no getting away from the fact that it's incredible. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Kagi is one of the most beautiful animated movies I've ever watched. Hmm. Uh, it's it's all it's all done in a very kind of traditional Japanese like watercolor style, with those kind of like blanched white backgrounds. Hmm. It's so pretty, but it's also you know the 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 one like it like the classical Japanese tale of the the princess who uh, was sent down from the moon. So it's it's also it's also a really engaging like traditional. Oh, I remember this is kind of the watercolor looking film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's it. So like Miyazaki aside, yeah, the the studio has a very high watermark that some of them, yeah, some movies just have not reached up to. I think Earwig and the Witch was the three D one that came out about a year or two ago, and that was just bad. <laughs> really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Just it was so like. Just generic, <laughs> like I like it. It was yeah, like it. I I struggled to even remember what the movie was about because it was just a young girl in an orphanage causing hijinks, and it kind of like it. It said nothing, you know. Right. Okay. Well, here's a better question then. Perhaps is mm-hmm. there is this film for people who may not have seen a Studio Ghibli before? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say so. I think like you'd get a lot out of it, mm. but you know you wouldn't not enjoy yourself. But I would certainly recommend most any of his others. Okay. Like in the same way, like I wouldn't call it indicative of his works. Right. Well, um, that's what I mean because you've been kind yeah. of describing it in reference to other things. Like you know, it's like is it, it a just, gateway it, one? Is kind of what I'm getting at. I wouldn't say so. If anything, it actually I think it it it, it suits better having watched a lot of his other stuff because he kind right. of he, he 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 references back to to his own work in just kind of subtle thematic ways that like if you obviously haven't watched spirited away or hell's movie castle you wouldn't get but there's just kind of very again it, it's not like a cameo but it's kind of a subtle theming that's like oh that reminds me of that reminds me of you know that of something that happened yeah uh, in a, in a way that you know makes makes the electrons in my brain go wee. <laughs> <laughs> the member berries, <laughs> kind of yeah. Um, so oh, I, I remember say, this I, theme. Yeah, <laughs> I remember this subtext. <laughs> um, so like it. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say watch Boy and the Heron first if you want to get into Hayao Miyazaki, but I'd also say that of The Wind Rises and Porco Rosso. I, that, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not I mean, a mark against it. Like, no, no, far from it. Um, yeah, no. It's it's one. It, again, it's it's also hard for me to judge because in a, in a canon of films that I have seen dozens of times, I have only seen it once. Right. So I've had I've had you know more than a decade to dissect and 
really think about my feelings on you're still kind of getting films. your head around it like yeah like and that's i've only seen it once and it's yeah like that's i, I i've only seen it once and it's been about a month so okay i, I didn't i didn't take any notes let's say uh well, so it's 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 due a rewatch for certain well taking another angle from it then like like uh mannequin blue which is takes a long time to say. Are you kind of in the Ghibli sort of like you know fandom or anything like that? Um, I would say yes and no. Like I, I obviously I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen you know Ponyo, Spirited Away, uh, Hell's Moving Castle, Princess Mononoke, Porco Rosso. Um, I'm probably forgetting some, but. Yeah, I I would say yes and no. Like some of them I really liked, some of them I found quite upsetting. Um and some of them were just kind of average, you know? So, uh, you know, while I do love the style, it, I think yeah, it for me it would vary from film to film. Yeah, although it should be said that like an average Ghibli probably would trounce quite a lot of other studios things on their best day like. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. Like that. And don't get me wrong. Like they're beautifully animated, and the amount of like attention to detail for even throwaway scenes is crazy. You know. Hmm. Oh no! Absolutely. Uh, and Kev has vanished. <laughs> oh, there you are. I'm still here. I've got I've got I've got a wireless setup here. I can I can get up and I can walk around. I can put this phone down, and oh I'm still my on. God. Tell yeah, us more about your high tech setup. Go what walk around the garden. What a time to be alive! What, the wonders of just a, of a Bluetooth set of headphones that you can get for a reasonable price. <laughs> Are you about to start selling us something? <laughs> no, uh, reasonably priced price Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> no, and my my headphones were not reasonably priced. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> no, I spent I spent too much money on these headphones. But look what you can do now. But look at what I can do. <laughs> I can walk I can, around the room. I can pace and really give in to to my to, to my ADD while I record a podcast. <laughs> look, <laughs> the at, dream. look at me fidget. The dream. Look at me fidget to my heart's content. <laughs> and this audio medium. Look at me. Oh, speaking <laughs> of fidgeting, yeah. I should be doing that too. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's PSA, guys. Buy yourself like a fidget spinner or a fidget cube. Best decision you'll ever make. Or in my case, a fidget slug. The slug is cool. And yeah. I've, I've, I've really noticed since I like got one that I don't scroll on Twitter as much. Because I was yeah. just kind of using Twitter as a fidget toy. Which, terrible for your mental health. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, dear. Well, I believe before we get too distracted by fidgeting, there was another <laughs> film you saw, Christmas Kev. Uh, yes, yeah. Well, actually, a few. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, the last time we were recording that you had watched uh, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nuggets. I, I got around to watching that, actually, after after your recommendation. Yes. Uh, it's, which, it's, yeah. it's on every day in our house now. Except <laughs> when my daughter goes to my parents and then it's put on there instead. And unless, of course, she, she asks, why is this not Ponyo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen, fine. The chicken's going to pass. The chicken's going to pass. Um, but yeah, no, not, not to harp on it too long. We did talk about it last time. Uh, yeah, very fun movie and a very good sequel considering the the, 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 
the the length of time since the original. Yeah. Um, it's it's got to say because like I know streaming has its ups and downs and we've certainly talked about it as we've covered the like strikes and all that kind of stuff but something that's really growing on me is the festive streaming movie do you know what I mean like last year like Glass Onion came out and see how they run and Top Gun went on to streaming all around Christmas Day and so did the Banshee and all that kind of stuff we had the, the chicken run kind of went on to it this year, probably along with a bunch of other things I've forgotten about. Uh, it's If this is a new, like, normal, like, I am welcome it because I, I love finding a whole bunch of stuff like that when we're stuck at home for a few days, you know? Well, see, therein lies the kind of the, the, the other side of the coin in this because, as you said, a bunch of other stuff that you probably forgot. With streaming, it, like, a lot of things just get tossed up without any advertising or any forethought. Mm. And you're kind of just left to find it. Yes. Uh, like, that's the reason I didn't watch Chicken Run until you mentioned it, was because I did not realize it was out. I heard <laughs> it was being made, and that was the last I heard about it. And, well, I mean, you say uh, that, but, like, Matilda, the musical, really got its lease of life on Netflix, you know? Like, it got good reviews in the cinema, but it got, it got into the schools via Netflix. Like, there is a place for that kind of thing, you know? Oh, I don't doubt it. And I mean, like it is, it is, you know, it is broader appeal and broader accessibility. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's it's 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 as I said, it's a coin flip. Uh, like you can get something that just manages to hit that word of mouth, or something can just be thrown up and vanish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, get you. But yeah, as I was saying, the other one that I got a chance to see was Wonka. I um, have heard. I've heard good things, but not specific things, if you get me. What is the deal with this film? Wonka, I would say it is exactly what you'd expect. I don't know what to expect. (laughs) No, no, no. It's exactly what you'd expect from a Willy Wonka movie made by the Paddington director. Oh, okay. It is vibrant. It is colorful. It is a lot of family fun. But even though it's kind of wacky in its own way, it's all very safe. And, okay. And I'd say, you know, it, 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 its biggest limitation compared to, say, Paddington is that it is a prequel. So it is beheld to a status quo. Specifically, yes. actually, fun fact I, I heard about this um, on another podcast, uh, Wizard the Bruiser, a lot of fun, um, is that... This is specifically a prequel to the Gene Wilder movie, and not. Well, I got. I heard that the song that the Umpa Lumpa song was going to be in it, so I kind of joined that dot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, actually, on that, I does it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's really pretty. I think the actors do do very well. And it is a musical. A fact that the advertising gives no indication of. And no, they did that with Mean Girls as well, didn't they? Yeah. And well, in, well, with and, the Mean Girls now, um, that is actually based on the stage show. So it is a musical based on the movie, based true, on true. The but they didn't advertise the Mean Girls musical movie as a musical movie. Uh, any of the advertisements I've seen have been musical. Really, oh, none of the none of the ads I've seen have had any songs in them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No. Nothing. Nothing I've seen has indicated. Uh, I had like I had to read that. 
Uh, <laughs> using my eyes. Using my eyes and my brain. Gross. Um, I don't got time for that. Ugh, yeah, comprehension. Wonka, it, yeah, but with Wonka, it is it is a musical. And I would say that in every facet of a musical, uh, this movie succeeds except for the music. Oh. Okay. The cast, really good. Uh, for the most part, the performances are actually very enjoyable. Uh, even you know the musical performances, whether or not that's an amount of overdubbing editing, who's to say? I don't know what Chalamet's pipes are like. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the sets are beautiful. They're like incredibly vibrant colored. Uh, the 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 choreography is actually really good. They've got a lot of like big crowd set piece dance scenes. The music is completely bland and forgettable, though. Oh, no. What a shame. Uh, which is which is only bolstered by the fact that they keep leitmotifing tunes from the 70s movie. So you're kept, you keep getting reminded of, oh, yeah, the one with the good music. Yeah, and I then see. they play one of their songs, and it just slides right off your brain like oil. <laughs> so is it a uh, mixture of, like, new songs and old songs? Uh, no, it's mostly new songs, and then okay. like they'll 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 throw in a theme of uh, pure imagination or the Umpa Lumpa song, right, right, like as 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 scoring and as a light motif. Okay, because uh, like they this have... seems to be because sticking with kind of the musical thing for a second, like uh, like I've seen people online comparing like you know the Disney songs from like you know ten years ago, like from your like Princess and the Frog and. Moana's and such to like wish which just sounds like pop songs you know and like even things like the greatest showman just sounded like pop songs and it seems like on top of people being afraid to like advertise musicals maybe it's like a relic of cats not doing well or something but new musicals don't sound like musicals they sound like pop hits do you know what I mean like yes yeah see, I think the greatest showman is actually like is is a cause for that because that movie did gangbusters. That was yes. a massive, massive hit. And as you said, a lot of the the the, the show tunes in it were pretty much like it's an album of just kind of middling pop songs. Yeah. Um, like there's nothing in that's... This Is Me that specifically references the fact that it's a circus or that they're freaks or anything like you know. Yeah, but they, none of them even have like the kind of the 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 style of like a Broadway kind of show tune. No. Uh, and yeah, well, I mean, Wish seems to have its own problems on top of everything else. Mm. Uh, but Which I think like, weird. It, I haven't heard really... anyone said they disliked it. I've heard people say that. Really? Okay. Uh, I, 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 for like, apparent by all accounts, I know I have not seen it. This is all no, I'm, I'm going by feedback and the trailer, which, I mean, I think we talked about it before. The trailer is like, if AI didn't exist, I would say, like, you know, put the Disney formula into a machine and, you know, wisecracking sidekick, evil villain prince. They've done that a lot in the last 10 years. Uh, yeah. Lots of references to old Disney movies cryptically girl boss princess like it's like it's like a bingo sheet you know yeah well that's i think the the main the main kind of problem is that there doesn't seem to be or at least they're not they're, the co these sorts of companies aren't looking for just 
competent composers. Yeah. And with the exception of Lin-Manuel Miranda, because he's the guy that wrote Hamilton. Yes, um, yes. Of which Disney has now tapped But that's what I mean, for... though. Like, that that sounded like a musical, and its, pop, and its songs entered the mm. charts, despite not sounding like pop songs. Like, we don't talk about Bruno. It's such a weird one. It doesn't sound like a big, important song at all, and it isn't. But it's good enough, and it transcends that, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's a weird one. And I just, I don't know whether or not it's a lack of talent or just a lack of effort on... Oh, I don't think the world has run out of musicians yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, so I mean, I remember was... the Frozen songs, like Let It Go is one that broke through. That was written by, like, the Avenue Q people, wasn't it? Well, actually, never, I never looked into who, who composed for Frozen. I, no. I'll double check it. I'm reasonably yeah. confident that... The Avenue Q ones wrote the songs for Frozen. You can hear it more in like the troll songs, the fixer upper one, you know? Yeah. But that's like it 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 it, it I I think Disney does need if they want to kind of continue down the musical road. And uh, like a lot of other movies, I yeah. think they yeah, they need to kind of go back to Broadway and find promising young promising composers that oh absolutely or even just Um, interesting picks like billy eilish it's not a musical but billy eilish did the songs for turn of red you know did she i didn't know that oh it's great like even listen to the songs without like context because it's it's a pretend one direction style boy band and like the songs hit that perfect balance of like sounding like a real boy band and clearly being a parody of it, it walks that line razor sharp, you know? Yeah, but I mean, that's like, like that of these, like, Turning Around the Great Movie, and that works because they were trying to, because they were leaning into that of it mm. just being pop, and especially yes. being a pastiche of early 2000s boy pop. Um, Sorry, I distracted you. Wonka. <laughs> yeah, that's where it was my brain was. Well, yeah, my brain was on Wonka. Um, yeah, but as I said, so aside from as I said, the big thing being musical, it's as I said, it's a lot of fun. There is a there is a, there is a dissonance that I think does come up with it being a prequel because in this, uh, the world itself is very vibrant and colorful and full of you know kind of uh, wealth and excess, and this young guy can. Mm. O- open a chocolate shop out of effectively nothing and it'd be incredibly successful and then maybe 20 years later the surrounding popu- the surrounding area of his factory is going through the Great Depression oh is this in Do the you movie? no no but like that's it's the dissonance between the two yeah right, right. like Charlie Bucket coming from the, the poor family his mum working multiple jobs and all his grandparents are in you know, bedridden and yeah, like that's. I think that like or, I might be mixing it up. You know, I might be mixing it up with the with the Burton one, but I feel like the the world was in a pretty sorry state in the in the in the in the Gene Wilder one as well. Thanks a lot, trickle down economics. <laughs> Thanks, um, That's an interesting question. I would say in the Wilder one, it was, for lack of a better word, Python esque. Like, everything was kind of grounded, and Charlie was the worst off, and 
all the other characters were kind of jaded and cynical, but in a funny way, you know? Yeah. And they yeah. were like so quite well off. It's not like they were in the depression, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, I think like it's, it's that, you know, in, in even the Gene Wilder one, the movie took a turn when they went into the factory because everything was so off the wall and so colorful and so crazy. Yes. In this, everyone's just kind of like that. Okay. Uh, like, Chalamet is, is quirky and funny and weird, but so are all of the people. It Wonka gets, uh, basically becomes a slave in a wash house for half the movie. What? Uh, run by Olivia Coleman. Um, okay, I like yeah. it now. Oh, she's wonderful. Oh, no, she's, no, again, the cast, exceptional. Um, but that's it. So the, the, the ragtag group of other slave workers are also kind of quirky. And the other, like, the competing chocolate owners are also kind of weird and quirky. And so are all the police are weird and quirky. So everyone is weird and quirky. But then 20 years later, everybody's just totally normal. <laughs> okay. I sp- I've heard that levied against the Burton one, where, like you said, it's um in the original film, like, everything's... Like, I mean, they shot it in a nice place in Europe. It's not, like, drab, but everything's quite restrained until you get to the factory, you know? Apart from the humor being off the wall. And, I mean, that's, like, that's that's the brilliance of the Wilder movie is because you get that complete tone shift where suddenly you are in a world of pure imagination. Until it starts killing people, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, nobody actually died. In the Burton one, they all live. It is... Highly dubious whether they make it out in the wilder version. He says well, they'll all be back to their horrible selves, but I don't trust a word that man says. So he Gene says that in a scene a where children. he tricks him into giving him back the candy. Um, but yeah, so it it like it, it being specifically a prequel to that one, though it it does have that dissonance, right. Uh, but standing on its own, I wouldn't go out of my way to see it again. Uh, but if it ends up on a streaming service and you have a three-year-old who is finished demanding Ponyo, perhaps I think it's I think it's, a, it's a lot. <laughs> I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I am certainly far more interested in Paddington Three. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's why we didn't end up going to see it because she's old enough to read. And when the, the ad for Wonka came on YouTube, she saw the word Paddington and she says, great, let's go see Paddington 3. Like, oh, no, we can't <laughs> take her to that. So keep asking, where's Paddington, you know? And that's reasonable. <laughs> I always ask myself, where's Paddington, you know? <laughs> you wake up in the morning and your first words are, where's Paddington? Where's Paddington, yes. And then the dread seeps in. <laughs> okay, so a lukewarm recommendation, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because I'm confused. I originally thought that Wonka was supposed to be a straight to Netflix thing. I remember that like there was a big thing where Netflix bought the rights to Roald Dahl films and all that. Uh, I, I remember hearing that and I think it's this might because I think Wonka like I think like they, they probably own the right to uh, like most of Roald Dahl's categories. I hmm. think Wonka I think Willy Wonka sits in a kind of a, a, a separate rights holding because it's the one that's been like movie like kind made, of in that like, Fantastic Four type way. Well, and because yeah. it's, a, it's a prequel, it's not part of the, the established canon. 
No, but like, I mean, like they did release a Roald Dahl thing on Netflix with Benedict Cumberbatch in it, I believe. Like, so like that is still power in a head. Then like both could be true. Um, perhaps like it's this, this is probably all just getting into the, 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 the nitty gritty of contracts that we don't know and we can't right, see. Right. Um, but yeah, like that's like, from what I understand, cause I, believe that it's Warner Brothers who okay. has made all who has produced all of these Wonka movies uh, even from the Gene Wilder one and so this could just be an attempt to keep that claim on the rights of like the live action film rights of Willy Wonka to keep just to keep it away from Netflix yeah. oh, or again maybe like Fantastic Four they have to do a film every yeah. 15 years or so yeah even if it's bad and nobody watches it and but or or i could be entirely wrong and netflix also have the rights to produce something willy wonka i just don't know (laughs) right okay well i mean like so we've got a heartfelt recommendation for like an absolute classic and a myth uh which you know as far as christmas movies that's not bad well, I feel like we should let Katie have the mic because I believe you went to a live event that you want to talk about. Um, yes, I did. I'm just being tentative right now because my dog has perked her ears up and is making that I'm going to bark face. <laughs> in that case, I will talk first about something different then. You you tag me in when your dog has gone out the window. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Have either Do either of you know anything about Echo? Just vaguely what I've seen on the trailer something about Kingpin something about Haw- Kingpin yeah I watched Hawkeye so that's about it right okay well like I don't know what the critical reception for this one is but for anyone who's listening it's the new Marvel like um, like Moon Knight type thing on Disney Plus you know it's and it's such a weird beast this one because presumably this should have come out much sooner after Hawkeye otherwise like what's the point but this one has been like either postponed or just put down the running order for ages and I did hear rumors of like not being happy with it behind the scenes and then I don't know if it seemed the same way to you two but they sort of dropped it very suddenly and dropped all the episodes at once which has all the hallmarks of kind of burying it. But I watched it, kind of expecting it to be a dud. And I thought it was pretty good. It was, it's the closest the Disney Plus things have come to feeling like the stuff Netflix used to do. It's, it's actually got a content warning on the start of it, which is weird because the violence isn't too bad, all things considered. The, vi- the fighting is very strong, but, like, the violence itself is gory or anything. Not so much that, like... Like, put it this way, there's nothing in it that, like, is as shocking as, like, the guy getting killed in Falcon and the Winter Soldier with the shield or anything like that, you know? Uh, but anyway, it's a bit of a weird one because it's five episodes, and as I kind of said in the texts that I went out, like... The first episode is quite weird because there's actually scenes lifted from the Hawkeye thing. We do her full history in chronological order. 
But yeah, the, you you said that to us, and that kind of that gave me pause to think, how rushed was this? Yeah, yeah it's not rushed. Yeah, from but, a, from an already filmed and released show. Yeah, I mean, I get it now because they've left it so long that the people who watched Hawkeye, apart from me who loves it, have probably forgotten Hawkeye. I get that. Also, you just get a free, like, Jeremy Renner appearance, which is not a bad thing. Uh, but, like, <laughs> it's... Yeah, the, the, the plot of this one is a bit weird because it's... Once you do all the flashbacks and explanation of, like, you know, how she lost her leg and such and all that... Um, it's basically it picks up right where Hawkeye leaves off once you've done your flashback and she is going to the town she grew up in and she's an outcast because like lots of people got killed there as a result of her dad working for the kingpin and uh, the plot as such and this would not work released week to week I can totally see why they dropped it all at once is the plot is she's sort of trying planning to get back at the kingpin, but also she's reconnecting with her sort of Native American roots, and so you've sort of you're sort of just waiting for it to kick off. It's really weird. You don't get, you don't fully understand if she just wants revenge, or if she wants to be a crime lord, or just wants to get away. It kind of gestures in all directions, but once it gets going around episode three. It is a pretty, basically a pretty tight Marvel movie. It's got good fighting, good character stuff. Uh, all the stuff with her and the Kingpin is great. I suppose it's long enough now that it's not a spoiler anymore. We get uh, a Daredevil appearance in episode one, which is good fun, you know, tying that whole thing in. Yeah. Uh, the weird... So that's... Yeah. Go on. I, like, that's, that's the kind of the question then. So just on, on two points. Yeah. Like... As you said, it takes about two episodes, so ostensibly about two hours. No, I wouldn't say two hours. They're kind of they're kind of like forty five minutes, mm. you know. Half of which you said was kind of already stuff we saw in Hawkeye. Well, the first episode, would, yeah, I would say. Would this? I would say it have, takes about half an hour to get to what is actually the start of the story, which is not a bad half an hour because you get like you get a fight with Daredevil in between the pre existing footage and stuff. It's not purely recycled but okay. what's your question sorry uh then like would do you think this would have been better if it was tightened up cut down and released as a movie see that's an interesting i don't think it's like lively enough to be a marvel movie like marvel movies have a feel to them you know well, that's, uh, i think it could it could benefit from that if it's not trying to be the next yeah, I mean, look, I, I think this is actually quite strong, these five episodes. Like I said, if it was released mm. week to week, dead completely. But yeah. what? But watching a two and a half hour movie in an evening functionally, pretty solid. I didn't want to stop at any point. I was engaged with it. Uh, and like the weird thing that I couldn't quite get my head around was every episode started out with like a sort of a native american type parable or like mm. some kind of flashback to their culture and all that which is great you know but like it doesn't really connect to anything in her character until about the final episode so you're in this weird no man's land where 
the show is showing you something that's culturally relevant in general, but it's not specifically connected to her current ongoing experiences. Like, it's not like a Black Panther thing where the entire movie is saturated in the Wakandan experience and all that, you know. It's sort of, until the end, it sort of runs parallel and you don't quite know how it marries to everything. They're cool. They're well executed. But, like, it's just a little bit weird. It's not like, it's not like the Kingpin represents something specific about the history of the culture or anything. It's just sort of slightly odd, you know, in a way that, like, I personally, having thought about it for a week, I'm still thinking about it. I Mm. find that interesting. And it feels a bit more daring than other Marvel stuff. And, like, lengthy stretches of this are just in sign language, which is cool, you know. But it sort of seems like it's sort of gesturing in a couple of directions, but not locking them all together, you know? Yeah, so that's kind of the, the, the other question I wanted to ask you. Again, having not seen it myself, mm. because you mentioned it seems to kind of bookend on two other kind of major entries in in the next phase mm. of the MCU or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in that, like I said, it kind of starts off where where it starts kind of where Hawkeye leaves off, and presumably, it's kind of it. The end of it seems to ramp up into whatever the next whatever the daredevil series is going to be which is probably another reason why this kind of got bandied around for a while because Mm. the daredevil series you're right if they're redoing daredevil this kind of they had to adjust this to adjust whatever that was going to be you're right yeah yeah so but that's with the kind of the knowledge of it seems to bookend on either side with with Mm. connective tissue to both of those series um does it do enough to stand on its own distinct from both of them? You know what? I would say yes, actually. It doesn't feel like any of the other Disney Plus things. It's got, it's a weird, now I did say a lot of nitpicks with it, but it is a really weird, interesting show that, like I said, if you did release this week to week and you had a bunch of like Den of Geek things, having to write 2,000 words about every episode. Totally dead. Completely get that. But, like, as released in one evening and watching it on the binge, I kind of just... The good stuff just stuck with me, you know? And that's something that those lengthy, probably too long, 13 long episodes of the Netflix style did for it, which is that there was a bit of flack on it, but that wasn't what stuck out, you know? And... I would, it's a tough one. I find this more interesting than a lot of the Disney Plus things because it's taking risks that sometimes aren't working, but they're still interesting, you know? It feels a bit bolder. It doesn't feel as, like, manufactured, but it does feel like it is created by someone who has a very specific thing they want to say. Now, I still think it stretches itself too thin, sending itself in too many directions for like five episodes. But I do think that it's sound and really, really interesting. I would just trim out some elements. And that's not a bad thing for a show. Too much going on, you know? Yeah, like I suppose I suppose like that's it's it's a criticism we leveled against most every Marvel property is mm. that, you know, it's for, you know, almost its inception, 
and yeah. most of its most of its things have been kind of playing things are very playing things very safe. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose yeah, like it's it credit where credit's due when something is kind of thinking even outside the box, even a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is it should be said this is under like what's called the Marvel spotlight thing. That's the same thing the Werewolf by Night thing was under. Basically, yeah. it's just gesturing that this isn't a kids Marvel movie thing, which, mm. like I said, violence isn't too bad. But like, yeah, I could see why this wouldn't appeal to kids and that kind of stuff. It's it's very hard to recommend because it's quite dry and it's quite slow. But when they do do action stuff, it sort of hits like there's a big centerpiece uh, fight sequence in what are they called? The skater rigs? Like this run old oh, skater yes. rig that starts out there and then moves into like a laser tag thing. And she turns up the music because she's deaf. So like she has an advantage over all that kind of stuff. So like, like it's quite restrained is what I would say. Now there's still flack on it. I think you could cut. But like I said, that's not a huge thing if you're watching it all in one evening. I hope and I think it'd be worth experimenting to see if you showed someone all a moon night in one evening, having not gone through it week to week, would they be as like hard on it? Like, you know, would it be like, or would you be like, oh yeah, that bit was good, and that bit was good, and that bit was good. If this is the way they're gonna release them from now on, I think for like what ifs, where it's like one story a week, fine, totally, absolutely. But if they're gonna keep chopping up these Marvel movies into bits, I'd much rather they release them this way. Because it's if you look at the final episode of Echo, you'd be like, oh, that was kind of rubbish. But if you watch it in one sitting, you're like, oh, yeah, that made sense. For yeah, that series, like, you it, know? It, like it's it, it's a tough one to call kind of without without. Um, uh, examples. Um, mm. But like, I definitely like, you know, I was pretty hard on Loki when it came out. I think yeah. if that came out as all in one six episodes. Because like it was the week to week of oh this yeah. is another thing and I feel like that episode achieved nothing and I have to wait a week and there's another hour I think it's like I I would have forgotten a lot of the flack I gave that show I think that's uh, just it if you because if you watch that like Loki series two is like the inverse of Disney Plus Marvel mm-hmm. where they start out really strong and then kind of peter out Loki series two kind of starts out a bit weak sauce and then has a cracking ending you know. Uh, but if that yeah. if you watched it all the one evening and that was the note you went out on, all the other stuff would probably go to the back of your head, you know? Yeah. Uh, but again, by by the same token, you know, the other side of the coin could flip. I do not nearly have... We are at two minutes, so I do not nearly have enough time to get into it, but there is a Netflix anime called Pluto, which right. is this eight-hour-long episode each, eight-episode series, which is a, 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 a grand... A, a grittier, more dramatic retelling of Astro Boy. Okay. Uh, by a by an incredibly prolific mangaka, uh, whose name absolutely escapes me. He's the also he's also the author of Monster. Uh, but what? A, but long and short of it, uh, these are eight one hour length episodes that ponder the 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 relevance of humanity in an age where humans coexist with robots. And these 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 huge stakes and these huge fights happen, uh, but Netflix obviously being Netflix dropped all eight hours of this in one go, and I heard people watch it and be like, I can't, I 
hate the fact that I watched eight hours of this in one go and didn't have the time to. Yeah, but to that's your own fault, more. like you know. No, but like that's you can't be expected to know that until you've watched it. Um, you know that's it. It yeah. can really depend until like you won't know until you've seen it if that's yes, the experience. Yes, yes. Um, like I've managed mostly out of time and attention. I've been spacing <laughs> those episodes out because I want to make sure I have the at least the hour to sit and watch a whole episode. I don't want to 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 just stop halfway through it. I still haven't finished it. It's exceptional, okay. by the way. Um, but that's yeah. Just as as an example of something that was dropped in one go. That if it, if that was released eight weeks in a row, that would be all the anime community would talk about for two months. Right. So it just depends on the project, basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as I said, like one division obviously works great week to week. For example, like yes, because it was it was so divested. Uh, mm. But as I said, I managed to I managed to get my point in because we are just out of time. <laughs> I'm so sorry that we didn't get to Rocky Horror. Oh no, that's totally fine. I have interrupters running in and out anyway. So <laughs> interrupters, <laughs> interrupters. What, what a lovely name for a beloved family member. Fluff, fluffy interrupters. I'm gonna name my kids that. <laughs> I'm gonna name my that. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. No, well, it's, it's all good. Uh, Mannequin Blue, is there anything you want to say before we wrap up? Um, no, not particularly. I am currently trying to pull myself out of my hibernation pile of blankets. So, you know, if people are following me on social media, there is nothing being posted right now. If you're following me, tough. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Deal with it. I'm tired. <laughs> you just need like one of those like kind of out to lunch signs or something like that. Oh, Gone yeah. fishing. Snoozing. <laughs> Snoozing is what I'm doing. Oh, that's brilliant. There, there will be updates when I'm back at it, but right now I'm snoozing. Oh, that's brilliant. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we will be back next week, as always. I've been Kean. I'd rather be fishing. <laughs> and I'm snoozing. Oh my God. And <laughs> we'll be back with probably awake people next time. Bye bye. 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 <laughs>